Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Saturday and welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football as they look to survive in advance on Wild Card Weekend. Had a full week of coverage for you at Arrowhead Pride. We'll get things going with the Out of Structure podcast with Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner. They discuss the best playoff scenarios for the Chiefs, assuming they get out of Wild Card Weekend. That's followed up by the editor show with Pete Sweeney and John Dixon. They've got their marinated takeaways from Saturday's win in Week 18 over the Denver Broncos. Then we'll take a quick timeout, and when we get back, you'll hear from the Great British Chiefs show as they take our first deep dive of the week on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's followed up by Show and BK. They discuss the Chiefs' running game as well as Mahomes' legacy in the playoffs and why he's going to take this thing up another notch. And we'll finish up the week with our interview with Chiefs color analyst for the Chiefs radio network, Danon Hughes. He's discussing some defensive issues the Chiefs have been having lately and Melvin Ingram playing the Steelers and what that means for a player who changes teams in the middle of the year. That's going to be a sit down with Pete Sweeney. Again, it's the Arrowhead Pride best of the week. I know everybody has been trying to do the math and, and follow the algorithm here and figure out which teams might the Chiefs play given the fact that the playoffs reseed, you know, after each round. And so you may have, uh, or you, you may have your home game um, based on who won this week. Right. So, and I'd say they reseed them technically aren't reseeding, but you're, yeah. you're sort of realigning the scenarios based on who wins and loses uh, by that. I mean, if the Titans lose their first game, uh, then obviously from there forward, the chiefs are the home field. Uh, team as the highest remaining seed in the playoffs so you've got a lot of other scenarios that could play out we know they're playing the Steelers first presuming they get past the Steelers which is not a given uh, but we're hopeful Uh, what are the options for the Chiefs after that and and let's talk about which ones are most favorable yeah so the the most uh, the thing that's probably going to happen or or the most likely I should say is is that the Bills the three seed uh, will, would would beat their first game, would win their first game against the Patriots, the sixth seed, and that would automatically put the Chiefs and Bills playing each other in the divisional round. Yeah, when you say reseeding, it's basically just that the two seed plays the highest seed remaining and the one seed plays the lowest seed remaining. So obviously, if the Patriots were to pull that upset over the Bills in that first round, then they'd be the, the lowest seed remaining, automatically go to the one seed, and then we, the Chiefs would play the winner of the Bengals and Raiders which is going to be a fun, fun little playoff game. I, th- I think that's going to be, you know, two teams that are, that are inexperienced in the playoffs, kind of, you know, uh, two head coaches at the same time too. So to summarize, you're saying the Chiefs will play either the Bills 
or the winner of Bengals Raiders. There's no yep. way that the Chiefs would play the Patriots in the first round. Exactly, because if 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 the second. only way the the only way the Patriots wouldn't play the Titans as the one seed is if the the Steelers beat the Chiefs, and so yeah, so the Chiefs would be eliminated if 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 that was the case, and so yeah, so. Bills most likely, but you know it is a chance Bengals or Raiders. But then we move on. You know, if if well, we are hold on. before we move on, of those of those lineups or of those matchups, who do you like the best to play? It'd obviously be the Raiders, right? I mean, let's <laughs> let's all let's all be honest. Uh, you know, we all know if the Raiders had to come into Arrowhead for a playoff game, it, <laughs> I, I got to imagine that would be a slaughter, man. I I don't think Andy Andy would want that to be a you know he he'd make a statement that game. Um, he already owns the division, but you know, in a playoff game too. On top of that, yeah, I, I think that'd be a great matchup for the Chiefs. And but here's a, here's a good question, though. Here's a good question. Oh, go ahead. Bills or Bengals? I mean, that's that's a tough question, right? Who would you rather see at this point? Because the Bengals are hot, Stags. So you have a who? Who are you thinking on that? Yeah, I'd take the Bills. Um, you know, I think the Bengals are a like you just said, they're hot, they're young, they don't know any better. Um, they might be the type of offensive buzzsaw that that you know, runs through the playoffs uh, just because they're the, you know, they're the 2018 chiefs. They're the, uh, they're the 2014 Royals, right? They're, they're just kind of hitting their stride uh, and they're, they could go on a run and, and you don't want to run into that type of team in the playoffs. If you can avoid it, the bills, you pretty much know what they are. Uh, you know, that they're, they're an inconsistent team. Uh, they're talented, of course, but uh, they're not unbeatable. Um, so, of those two, I'd probably prefer to play the Bills rather than the Bengals. Although I do think the Chiefs, um, if if you played that last game out, um, you know, ten times, the Chiefs are going to win the majority of those games. Yep. Uh, that game played out in a very specific way that allowed them to beat the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, revenge factor either way, tough game either way. But uh, uh, of those, yeah, give me the Raiders first, and then uh, of the other two remaining options, uh, I'll take the Bills. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you to be honest. Uh, I I would rather see the Bengals. I just think it there is something about playing a, a quarterback and a coach and their first opportunity in the postseason. Um, I know they're getting hot, but you know experience really does matter in the playoffs. That's why you don't see rookie quarterbacks, no matter how good they are, win Super Bowls. You don't see first year coaches a lot of the time, you know, win Super Bowls. So yeah, I, I I'd rather play the Bills. I think they're. I think they said this whole year was about this moment, right? I think they're similar kind of like the 2019 Chiefs where, yeah, it wasn't always pretty, but we know what we needed to do. You know, we know that we just need to get past what we did last year, and, and that's their whole goal. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. I think the Bills could be could be a dangerous team in the playoffs, and that's why I'm not super excited that it's the 2-3 matchup and, and that we'll probably see them in the second round. We'll see how that plays out, but let's let's just presume – that the the Chiefs get past the Steelers and then they 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 win in the divisional round uh, against either the the Bills or Bengals. We're not going to assume that the Raiders will be there. Uh, who are their options for the AFC Championship game? Uh, the likely options. Uh, you've got a couple choices here. Yeah, yeah. The most likely, obviously, is the Titans win their first game. They're they're hosting the AFC Championship no matter what, right? They're the one seed. Um, but they do get upset. So if, if the Bills were the, the Chiefs matchup in the second round, then the possibilities are that the Bengals or the Raiders would be the AFC Championship match, which imagine a Chiefs-Raiders AFC Championship. Now that's history. Now that's that'd be crazy. Um, and, and that actually, you know, at that point, the Raiders, you'd assume would be playing well, but can't expect that. Um, but yeah, the other the other options, uh, you know, 
obviously I said the Bengals, but that's the thing, man. The Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick, he's got the rookie quarterback. I mentioned how important experience is. You know, they could go on a run, man. They have if they upset the Bills in the first round, which you've already seen them beat the Bills earlier this season, and and that second game too was was pretty tight as well. If the Patriots can upset the Bills in that first round, then they would be playing either at the Bengals or at the Raiders. If they and and those are two winnable games for the Patriots as well, then they would be coming to Arrowhead for the AFC Championship. So the Patriots wouldn't be able to be played by the Chiefs until that last game, but that's that's a that's a path that absolutely could happen, right? I mean, the Pats could absolutely beat the Bills and then between the Bengals and Raiders, I mean, I'd almost favor the Patriots in those games. I mean, I know Joe yeah. Burrow's a better quarterback, but in playoff experience, man, that that's kind of a mismatch. I, I think the Patriots could be favored against the Bills too. I'm not even sure that would be an upset. I think those teams are, are fairly evenly matched. Uh, I think, you know, they split the season series. They've got, uh, you know, you've got, you don't want to see Bill, Bill Belichick in the playoffs. You just don't. And and that's probably the team, the one team out of all of these teams that I least want to see the Chiefs play, not because they have the best quarterback or the best offense or, or anything like that, but just because of Bill Belichick and the way that he can scheme up a game uh, and, and the way he, he wins in the postseason. Um, I think that's a very possible scenario and, and would not be my favorite scenario. I still think the Chiefs should beat the Patriots. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes versus uh, uh, versus whatever <laughs> whatever they got in Mac Jones uh, is going to be a, uh, a mismatch. Um, but their defense is for real and their coach is as good as we've ever seen in this league. And, and I, I wouldn't bet against the Patriots. So uh, of those AFC championship game matchups, uh, the Titans being probably the most likely, uh, the Patriots next, and then uh, the the outliers would be a Bengals or a, or a Raiders uh, visiting Arrowhead. Um, at, the Chiefs might have a chance to play what would be their first road game in the playoffs in the Patrick Mahomes era. Is that right? Dude, it goes farther than that. They haven't played a road playoff game. Now, I tweeted this actually earlier this year. First of all, they haven't played a road playoff game since 2015, the 15th season, so 16, you know, January of 2016. Stags, this is going to blow your mind, I promise you. The last time the Chiefs played a road playoff game, we did not know who Chris Jones or Tyreek Kill were. Just mind blown. So That's insane. Who was, who was that road playoff game? Was that uh, – what game was that? 2015, it was the year we, you know, came back from one and five, went, you know, won the playoff game against Houston. Then we traveled to New England. And if you remember, you know, Alex Smith tried to make the comeback. It was the slowest fourth quarter comeback drive of all time. For some reason, we're down two scores and we take the entire clock for the first drive instead of having any sense of urgency. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's just crazy to me that it's been that long where we literally, you know, guys like Chris Jones and Tyree Kill were not even on the team when the Chiefs were last on the road in the playoffs. But, yeah, that was it's absolutely Ni- possible. That was the Niall Davis game, right? That was the uh, the, <laughs> the long kickoff return to start. Yeah, the, yeah. the and, and you knew that at that point they had gotten the, the monkey off their back and they were going to win a playoff game for the first time in years. Uh, but they were outmatched when they got to New England. Yeah, so they, it has been a while. That's crazy. Another fun stat that somebody just pointed out on Twitter. I wish I, I could find the reference and give you credit, but uh, – both Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr will be playing their first wild card round game uh, this <laughs> this weekend, which is which is crazy if you think about their different career paths here. Um, this is a this is a Raiders team that you know is 
is lucky to be where they are and, and a Chiefs team that is is probably unlucky to be uh, you know, <laughs> playing on the first weekend of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I know the Raiders, you know, they made the playoffs that one year. I think it was 16 when Carr, you know, people kind of said he might have been an MVP candidate that year, that year, and then he broke his ankle or leg. Um, so, yeah, this, is, this isn't the, the first time Carr's led them to the playoffs, but it is pretty crazy that, um, you know, he, he hasn't played in a playoff game until now, considering, you know, most quarterbacks, if you haven't played in a playoff game and you're in your eighth or whatever year, you know, you probably, you know, with the same franchise, I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty crazy that the franchise stuck with him that long. But I think I think he's earned it at this point. He, I, I think, you know, I kind of always, you know, trashed Derek Carr a little bit, but he, he led them to a win that that on that Sunday night game. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got him give him credit. And honestly, in that Bengals Raiders game, I, you know, him being the veteran quarterback between the two, you know, and, and he does play well in the fourth quarter at times, man. I, it's that, I don't think the Bengals have a shoe in at all in that game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. All right, so all, of all of these paths, I think you've got seven potential paths to the, the Super Bowl here for the Chiefs. What is your preferred matchups, your preferred three-game series for the Chiefs here? Oh, man. Give me Steelers first, obviously. Raiders in the divisional round. How fun would that be? And then Patriots in the AFC title game. Give me Mac Jones coming to Arrowhead. I, I know I, I totally respect the, you know, your take bags that, yeah, it's Bill Belichick in the playoffs. No, you know, you don't want to pick and choose to play him. But when you're talking about the alternative being playing at Tennessee, when maybe, you know, Derrick Henry's a game in, give me Mac Jones, you know, at home. You know, if, if Bill Belichick has a good game against Andy Reid, I, I trust that Spags will be able to limit what the Patriots offense can do. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I'd like that pass Steelers, Raiders, Patriots. Maybe just for mayhem, uh, the Steelers Bills Raiders path would be a pretty fun, would be pretty fun. Um, yes, there's no, I, I can't imagine a scenario where the Raiders are actually in the AFC title game, but, <laughs> but that is one, and that would be hilarious. Um, but but for real, I think the Steelers Raiders Titans would be my preference. Um, you know, I think that's that's a, a reasonable path uh, and probably a, a fairly likely one. I, I guess single. Probably, if you had to look at it, would you say the Steelers, Bills, Titans is the most likely scenario, just probability wise? Yeah, because I, I I do think the Bills will beat the Patriots in the first round. Um, I'll just predict it, uh, but I I don't want it to happen. I would way rather the Patriots win, but it's gonna be a good game. All right, well we've got a few more just random questions here that we'll, let's get to. Uh, first, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs' defense. Uh, uh, Daryl Gunter uh, points out that the Chiefs seem to need to learn how to tackle and to look over their shoulder from a secondary and make plays on the ball, maybe before the playoffs start. Uh, do, do you think that's, that's an adjustment? Those two adjustments can be made. Yeah. You know, the cornerbacks have been pretty good all year about getting their head around and, and get locating the ball. Um, it's really these last two weeks and you can't even really say, I mean, Ward had his hands on a ball that chase still grabbed. I mean, you know, sometimes you play really good receivers and that's what happened. And Hey, they're going to be playing good receivers in the playoffs too, but no, I'm not too, totally concerned about the cornerbacks play. It's a volatile position as it is. Um, I, I'll, I'll trust them that they can step up based on how they played the entire year. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, wrapping up the show with our world-famous marinated, which I, I know from the reviews that we've gotten and read on this program that people seem to enjoy, so keep it up. John, I'll let you go first. What did you think about this game? Well, I've heard a lot of people complaining about Zane Anderson, mm-hmm. and he deserves criticism for uh, getting that Dan penalty. Too. 
Yeah, getting the penalty, uh, attempting to block that punt because it was a costly penalty. It was a bad play. Everybody agrees on that. But as I've thought about that situation, hmm. I'm remembering uh, when the play went down, the line opened up wide, and Anderson came through that line without a hand on him in order to go after that punt. I think what happened was that Dave Tobe had seen an opportunity to block a punt against the Broncos punting team and designed a play to do exactly that and called it in that moment when the Chiefs were up 7-0, hoping that they could get another quick touchdown, be up 14 nothing, and then being in the situation we all wanted them to be in. That right. is to be 14 nothing in the first quarter and force the Broncos to make Drew Locke throw the football instead of run the ball, and maybe by the third quarter the Chiefs can start sitting guys down on the sidelines. I think that was a special teams play designed to make that happen. And it almost worked. Um, so I get why people are upset with Zane Anderson. Okay. That's fine. But I really think that this play was one of Tobe's moments. He thought, you know, I think we can get a block here and they almost did. I, I think you're right. I think the problem with Zane is it was just two weeks in a row of costly penalties. Right. 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 Because of his penalties, one game you lost, and this game was the the Chiefs almost lost again to the Broncos. I mean, it came down to the the wire. Uh, If it wasn't for that that defensive play at the end with Ingram um, and Nick Bolton running it back, I, I think they lose. You know, I, I think that's a pretty easy call. So it just was the margin was small. And I know that a lot of people were like, well, look, he's a Dan Sorensen clone. I'll tell you that you're right. Talking to people around this team when at training camp, this is before we even knew Zane Anderson was. And before he was called mm-hmm. up, people said there's a little Dan like they were there. Everyone kind of it's the same school, same type of player starting as a special teams guy. We'll see what he can develop into. So uh, for those of you who who want Dan Sorensen off the team. Maybe one day he will be, but guess what? A Dan Sorensen clone is ready to take up that mantle, baby. So uh, get used to it. This is a part of the Chiefs team for a And there is a use for a Dan Sorensen clone, one who is younger. I know. Yeah. And I I think Dan, Dan just gets a bad rap because he's put in situations that he shouldn't be in. That's not Dan's fault. Right. Right. Like I think there's a, 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 an outlook there. Now, when Dan unfortunately goes to the podium and says, I don't read anything. Screw you guys. <laughs> Not doing yeah, himself okay. any favors, but anyway, <laughs> let's get into my first Maritime takeaway. I think the, the importance of Tyree kill cannot be understated. And that's why watching his injury is so important this week. And I don't even need to go into the X's and O's of this to, to tell you that I just look at the actions of the team. This was a player. You've already made the playoffs. You know that you're going to get a home field game a player who's hurting, right? You're not playing for all that much. The chance of re-injury, you saw how he was like jogging and, and wobbling, um, hobbling, I should say, but not wobbling. Wobbling would be a different story, hobbling. He was hobbling, and the Chiefs continued to run him out there. That, to me, even for the 12 plays that we said at the, the top, means that there's so much that he does that just nobody on the other on the other 
roster spots can do. No one on the rest of the team can do. So when you need that Chad Henney special to pick up the one yard and you don't really use the quarterback sneak and other teams have started to sniff out Blake Bell's tight end sneak a little bit. I think you saw that with the Bengals. The Bengals almost stopped it once they saw Blake Bell on the move and, and stopping. They rushed to the middle. So that that has kind of been sniffed out. And so there are plays that you need for Tyreek Kill. And the 11 plays to the one, um, 11 pass plays to the one run play just tells you how much he, he's important to, to what this team does offensively. So this is a status to watch. And I know it's a little obvious, but I, I just wanted to highlight it in the sense that, man, this was an injured player in a in a more or less meaningless game that they forced into the lineup because of, him needing him to win and so a status to watch um no doubt well i think that was one of the interesting things about this game which is taking me directly to my second marinated takeaway yeah, uh, that that uh this was a really weird animal um uh, you know two weeks ago the chiefs had to win two games that's all they had to do and they had the first seed they lose a game unexpectedly how do you motivate your players to go out there and play their best knowing that even if they do, they're still going to get the second seed because right. the the odds that Jack that uh, that the Houston Texans will beat the Tennessee Titans are pretty small. Now, of course, the Texans made a game of it at the end, but they still lost. And I think that's a very difficult coaching challenge. We always talk about, you know, what a great job Andy Reid does in getting his players to be on an even keel and prepare the same way for every game. I'm not backing off on any of that. I, I think he does a fantastic job. I just think this was a situation where it you almost can't coach that out of the players. They got to know that stuff is going on. And then you add this terrible field. And you've guys got guys out there who are playing on a very bad surface. I you know, I think you could argue that two or three of the three injuries that we're worried about right now had something to do with that turf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can't blame guys mm-hmm. when they've got playoffs coming up, not going 110% on every play on that kind of a playing surface. So this was a really weird game. And I, I know people are upset because the chiefs didn't just, you know, rub the Broncos noses in the dirt. But I think there's a lot of reasons why it played out that way, and and the the oddness of the situation is one of them, in my view. Yeah, uh, I I I'm with you a little bit. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried, and this is my next takeaway. I'm worried defensively right now, and um, you know, you you're you're in a sense, at least in one aspect of your game, backing into the playoffs because you saw the defensive turnaround, and I think that was really. I think that was real um, where the the Chiefs have really slipped up recently and we hadn't seen it in so many weeks. Two months, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are these explosive plays? Jamar Chase embarrassed them. And then you had a few plays in this game, Tim Patrick and, and Melvin Gordon with these long plays. And I'm telling you, you'll be fine this weekend. I, 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 I'm not jinxing it here. I do, I do not worry about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, aside from a, a maybe like a rain game with that, an absolute TJ Watt takeover, I think the Chiefs advance. When you're playing the Bills or the Bengals next week, and you're allowing these explosive plays, you you could lose those that game. So I not only think that this Pittsburgh Steelers game, you win, you have to win it. It's a playoff game. But what we wanted to see 
against Denver, which was this clean game. You have mm-hmm. to have that type yeah. of effort against Ben Roethlisberger. And maybe that could be, in a weird way, a get-right playoff game that you can build on going into which will be an, 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 a next opponent. And, you know, I, I get out there, some of you are probably like, well, let's worry about this week. Sure, let's worry about this week. But this is a Super Bowl or bust team. If you're not thinking mm-hmm. about the, the next round, then what are we even doing here? So, I don't know. I, I think I think the effort last game has turned this next game, even though it's a playoff game, into a get-right game in a sense for the defense. I don't disagree with that. I, I think that's part of what's going on. I think I, I'll agree with that. I just think there were a lot of factors that went into this game. And, uh, you know, defensive issues are certainly among those. But it was also a very odd situation. So I, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I think Do you, you have got any other. Point. Do you have any other special marinations? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, but it's more about the whole weekend. Are we not entertained by the NFL playoff, the, the final like the week su- of the NFL like season the finale, the season finale? Oh, man. You know, I was unhappy about it. And I said so. I was unhappy that they moved the games around and I complained yeah. about how it was inconveniencing real fans. <laughs> and those those complaints were all valid. But man, what a weekend it was. It was good. I mean, it was because they moved those games around that it played out the way it did and was so dramatic and made for excellent television, so it's hard to argue against it on that basis. All those other problems are still there, of course, but uh, and and those are bad problems in my view. Um, but man, what a weekend of television it was uh, for for just casual fans sitting at home. Even uh, I, I, it was gr- great television. I was upset too. I was I was un- unhappy. I was being. You know what that is, if, just in case you have kids in the car. I was being quite a bit. I didn't really want to have to do the Chiefs game on on Saturday. But we got through it, and it ended up being a highly entertaining weekend. And had they not stacked it up that way, we wouldn't have got America watching and, and sort of rooting for a tie on Sunday night. Which mm-hmm. is yeah. A really bizarre phenomenon. Um, my last takeaway has to do with McCole Hardman. John, uh, you know I, I have a... a a big appetite. I, I love I love different types of food. Crow is not a food that I enjoy eating. <laughs> but I'll eat a little bit here. I thought he was a trade candidate. And there's a sliver of light here now with Hardman. You see what he did. And you're like, man, any, anytime this guy has the football in his hands, he does something with it. And he finally had an opportunity with Travis Kelsey again, getting beat up and kind of taken out of the game. Tyree kill was severely limited and the chiefs were left with no choice, but to make it work with McColl. And he rose to the occasion first mm-hmm. hundred yard game of his career. And I understand that he had the 18 games and Sammy was working with like 10 with all his injuries, but he had a greater output this year. And it was in the six hundreds than Sammy had in any year yardage wise mm-hmm. with the chiefs. And he, like Clyde, is one of those players because of the premium picks that is judged a little bit more harsh. And I don't necessarily think that that is incorrect. But I am left wondering after this game if we might have been too hard on Hardman in the sense of like, maybe it's just like the touches, which is which is understandable in a way. Right. You know, know. I've been been watching these snap counts all year, and both Hardman and Demarcus Robinson at one point bottomed out. 
and went a couple of weeks where they were hardly being used at all. And it was real easy at that point to say, okay, obviously the chiefs have given up on these guys. They're going to go with Pringle now. And, and then they change, mm-hmm. you know, two weeks later, Pringle is stepping in as the, as the guy who takes over for Tyreek Hill in this game. And, uh, you know, I, I think some of it is the chiefs are mix and matching based on what the defenses are going to be and, you know, which receivers they think will do better against a particular defense. And I think some of it is just, you know, let's just keep things moving around. So everybody's always fresh and ready mm-hmm. to play. You know, I, I don't know. You got to be impressed with what he did on Saturday though. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys heard from Out of Structure. They discussed some playoff scenarios. The editor show had your marinated takeaways. Now we're turning towards the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Great British Chiefs show. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to go straight into the uh, the Steelers game. Obviously, super wild card matchup. I hate saying that. I hate anything with the beginning of super in it. I hate it. I don't know why. It just seems so like 80s. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, you weren't around in the 80s anyway, so you won't know what I'm on about. But yeah, I just think it's... Superman, Super Bowl, Super Noodles. Like Super Bowl's good. Super Noodles are good as well. Yeah, Super Noodles are good, actually. (laughs) 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 But here we are against the Steelers again, uh, another old enemy of ours. And talking of old, (laughs) (laughs) the Steelers have dragged their corpse, Big Ben, into the, the playoffs, and um, <laughs> he's been on record today. Uh, I think you've heard this as well, haven't you, Tom? Uh, that Big Ben has admittedly said that the Chiefs are <laughs> almost like 20-point favor- favourites over the Steelers, um, and that the Chiefs are the number one team to beat. Then obviously they're not the number one seed, but they are the number one team to beat because they are the current AFC champions. And I... When I saw that, I thought, what's he doing? Is he just completely preparing for life behind the mic Mm. when he finishes after this game, when he retires after this game? Because he will retire after this game. 
Um, and I'm just thinking it may be, it may be looking into like, you know, maybe a media, media job by saying that because Big Ben of old wouldn't have said that. Would you agree with that? You're, you are completely wrong. Um, <laughs> he goes on to say in the quote that we don't have a chance. We're just going to have some fun. That's, That's mind games. Said. Yeah, it is mind games. Do you remember a few years ago when he played the Chiefs? I think it was the year that Antonio Brown caught that touchdown, maybe 2017. No, and in the week in the week leading up, he was sitting there with a, in a press conference with like a knee a knee brace and stuff like that, and really like playing up these the fact that he might not play this weekend. And then next thing you know, he comes out, and he's completely healthy. Yeah. Big Ben's that what Big Ben is one of those guys. He will try and play down absolutely everything, including the Steelers' chances. But the difference is this time is that he's absolutely right the Steelers <laughs> do not stand a chance to win this game this weekend and I know that if the Steelers do somehow win this game that this bit of audio may end up getting cut up it may end up getting played on some message board in the Steelers country I don't know yeah. but the Steelers are a bad bad football team they were just one of the bad teams that managed to make it out of the playoffs we've said all year that there are a few good teams in this league and there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of mediocre football teams in this league. There is. The from, way the season's played out, yeah. Yeah, from about 10 down, 10 all the way through to 25, it is just made up of mediocre football teams. And unfortunately, with the addition of with playoff teams and the league being greedy, wanting this extra game on wildcard weekend, it has meant that some cannon fodder has been put into the playoffs and it happens to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, the Chargers could have been the seventh seed. That would have been a much more daunting proposition of the Chargers playing in. But the Chiefs have been handed the next best thing. They couldn't get a bye, but they've got the Steelers. They played them, what, three weeks ago on Boxing Day? Yeah, yeah, they beat them 36-10. I think that was the game as well that Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill weren't playing. Or Tyreek Hill was limited snaps. Travis Kelsey was obviously out with COVID. And Mahomes managed to torch the Steelers' defence. TJ Watt might be a little bit healthier this time. He wasn't obviously healthy the first time they played. Andrew Wiley coped okay. But it doesn't matter. This Pittsburgh Steelers' offence is just so bad because Ben just cannot throw the football anymore. They are so limited by his arm that any team playing the Steelers can just put their whole defense up against their receivers, against the running game, against the terrible offensive line and challenge Big Ben to beat them. And yeah, he might have beaten the Ravens on Sunday, but what they scored 16 points, mm-hmm. 16 points. That's not getting it done this Sunday. Why the NFL decided to put this game as a Sunday night football clash, I do not know, maybe because of the markets. But this game should have been in that early slot on Saturday afternoon. You know, the one where they always put the game, which is easily predictable, the game that all you always get a one-sided victory. The Chiefs have been that slot a couple of times. When they beat the Colts in 2018, when they beat the Texans in 2015, it's normally a one-sided game. And why the the NFL decided not to put the Chiefs in that particular spot this weekend, I, I do not know. I think it's all to do with the retirement plan. I think that's probably what it is. I think they're looking at that as going, do you know what? If it is Big Ben's last game, let's put it on as like a prime slot. Yeah, but, but shouldn't shouldn't he like be in bed with his cup of cocoa by like half eight? Anyway? He's up a bit late, yeah. He is up a bit <laughs> late. He should be in bed by them and his slippers. He should be. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you're right. I mean, 
you know they got they have got some good players. I, I, let, let's be truthful on that. You know, I, I've yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, Deontay Johnson this year, watching how he plays. Um, Najee Harris is another one who's been um, you know yeah. a, an excellent running back. He's got over a thousand yards this season. Yeah. Um, so you know they have got some weapons there, but like you said, when you have an immobile quarterback like Big Ben is. Um, in, you know, it, not, so, it's, not for much longer. He'll be on his mobility scooter soon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they should bring it on, shouldn't they? You know, like these, you know, the uh, the injury cart or something. Just bring on a mobility scooter at the end of the game or something. Just let him uh, ride off into the sunset on it. <laughs> but, um, but you're right. I think it all comes down to the quarterback, and we've seen that a lot of the time this year um, with the NFL. You know, with the quarterback, like the whether they've got an aging quarterback or whether the quarterback isn't there because they've got a, a you know. Uh, a stand-in, you know, they've got, they've got the backup quarterback. Mm. It's it's not flashy. It's not great. And they, I honestly think the Steelers have been so, so, so lucky to get into this playoffs. So lucky. Um, yeah. It's 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 laughable, really, how they've managed to get in. They've got in literally through the skin of their teeth. And they're they're now going because they tied with the Lions. Yeah. That's why they got into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is how bad this team was. That's how bad like, it is. They were the first team to give up any form of a result to the Detroit Lions, yeah. who were an absolute car crash earlier on in the season. Mm. And the Steelers, they managed to get nine, nine wins and fair play to them. But hardly any of those wins have been dominant. No, they have they have not been particularly dominant. Yes, the defense was dominant early on, but as a whole in the team, they weren't great. Yes, TJ Watt, absolute monster. 22 and a half sacks, equaling Michael, Michael Strahan's mm. record in 15 games. I tip my hat. Brilliant. Game record, potentially. The Chiefs have to keep an eye on him. Yes, yeah. they've got Casey Hayward as well, who's been an excellent interior defensive lineman for this team for a, a number of years. But guess what? He's going against Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey, so the Chiefs mm. should be fine there. Offensively, they've got Chase Claypool, they've got Deontay Johnson, they've got Juju. They've got guys that can catch the football, that can challenge this defensive backfield, especially after what we've seen in the last couple of weeks with the Broncos and the and the Bengals so willing to challenge these, these Chiefs DBs. But the most important position on the field is quarterback. And with Big Ben, yes, he's going to go out there and give everything. I'm sure he will. It's his last, potentially his last game in football. He won't want to leave anything on the field. But I just think he's so 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 bad and such a shadow of his former self that it is impossible for the Steelers to trust him to win a playoff game the Steelers will win this game if they get an all-time defensive performance Mm -hmm. and they are stupidly aggressive like Brandon Staley type aggressive when it comes to third and fourth downs what timeouts at the end (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if they're not if they're not that aggressive, they are they're going to need Mike Tomlin to just to leave everything out there. And if he doesn't, then this team doesn't stand a chance. And they might well do that. They might think they might go out there and have an effort game mm. because they're thinking, right, we didn't expect to be here this time a week ago. The chance of us making here was slim to none. We're playing Kansas City. We know we're not favoured. Let's go out there and have some fun. Which is basically what Ben said today. Mm. But if the team actually realise that and that is their mindset going in, it probably makes them more dangerous than them thinking, actually, yeah, let's go in there with a proper game plan. Let's go yeah. in there the way and play the way we want to play normally. Mm-hmm. Because the normal version of the Pittsburgh Steelers doesn't stand a chance against a half-baked version of the Chiefs, yeah. where 
a team that leaves everything on the field is a bit outworldly, like not playing their normal game and having that effort game. They are a potential dangerous opponent for the Chiefs, especially if the Chiefs aren't on their uh, on their game as well. You're right about the the effort game theory around it because they are going to be going for it every fourth down, aren't they? They have to. They, they they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They and that's to. the dangerous thing about this, I think. Yeah. So on the flip side, the Chiefs mindset going into this game... Um, for me, I think they're going to look at this as going, right, the season's done. It's a new season. Let's treat it like a season game. Let's go out there. We've got the home, the home field advantage. Let's go out there and, and put on a show. And that's what I believe the Chiefs' mindset is going to be in this game. But with that, with that though, playing a home, home game, I always think there's like an added pressure because you want to win at home because you've got that, you've got that, that right, basically. You've, you feel like you've got that right to win a home yeah. game. So... It's important that the Chiefs get off to a really quick start on this because we know we we know what Arrowhead can get like. If the game isn't going well, there's a little bit of unrest. It can go a little bit quiet if the Chiefs are you know having a little bit of a um, an issue or a bit of a slump on both sides of the ball. But I think the Chiefs are going to come out of the gates in this. I don't know. I don't know about you. Yeah, I like to think they're the same. Yeah, I defensively, it's going to be that like. Yeah, I believe that. Be. With, yeah. with Ben, as we talked about a minute ago, defensively, I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. But some again, I'd, li- I'd like to see the offense come out and do what it's done recently in terms of the first drive. They've been very good in the first drive. Let's, mm. let's carry that on into the playoffs because a good start is important in the playoffs because atmospheres matter and playoff atmospheres are completely different to any other atmosphere. Yeah. They are so important and crowds can make such a difference. So if the Chiefs can get onside early, brilliant. The important thing is carrying it on though, because we've seen with this team recently, very good at starting games and then they tend to peter out a little bit and then they the get quarter. a little bit better. <laughs> then they get a little bit better towards the end of the game again. But there's that there's that lull that we've seen in too many Chiefs games this year that I think they will get away with against the Steelers, to be honest. Mm. I think if they they're if they're good for the first quarter, first first half of the second quarter, I think that will be enough. I don't think the Steelers have got what it takes to bring themselves back into a game. But let's not give any reasons or causes for concern going into a game against the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Let's maintain a performance through 60 minutes. If we can, let's roll out Chad Henney for the last quarter. If if we can, let's, let's put yeah. ourselves into a position where there's almost that fear again, because the Bills probably don't fear coming to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. at the moment because of what happened earlier in the year and because the Chiefs haven't been overly dominant at home outside of that one Steelers game but if they can put it on tape again and be dominant again against the Steelers then maybe Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and all those guys will have something to think about when they inevitably roll into Arrowhead the following week yeah I think the Chiefs will set themselves up uh, especially on defence where I think they're going to be more focused on stopping that run threat. I think that's yeah. I think that's the key. That that's definitely in their mindsets because it, I think we're going to see a lot of blitzing again. It's going to be pretty similar to what we saw with the Bengals, where it was just blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. Um, and it has it has favoured Spags quite a lot this year. That this Chiefs defense has has really been quite aggressive on the blitz and getting to the quarterback. And I think that is the right way to play this with Big Ben as the quarterback because he's not mobile. And 
he's going to be he's 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 going to want to get the ball out quickly. But that's I think that's how mistakes happen. Um, there's yeah. going to be a lot more in, incompletions because of that. I mean, when you've got the likes of Melvin Ingram and you've got the likes of Frank Clark and you've got Chris Jones shooting up the middle, yeah, it's going to panic you. I mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, Big Ben's a big guy, but I don't care who you are. If you see those three coming at you, you're going to want to get the ball out as quick as yeah. possible. Um, but like we've said before, I think the issue at the minute has been almost covering that. Mm. And the cornerbacks has been... A little bit of an issue. Um, I mean, I don't want to put too much on Travis Ward. I mean, he's you know he's been a, a great player for us so far, and he's had a couple of bad weeks, let's say. But he's almost been with the players. He's been with his with the wide receivers that he's he's meant to be watching, and it's just been some fantastic players from some fantastic wide receivers that we've seen that have just overcome his yeah. good marking. Let's say you know he's he's marked those those uh, wide receivers. There's a football term, a soccer term there, marking your man. Um, And so I I, I think Spags might still rely on that this time. I think he's going to be... He was good first time around. He was. He was very good against the Steers. I think he got a pick in that game, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, I'm happy for Spags to leave guys on an island this week. If you're going to get the pressure up front. I'm happy if the, if he doesn't drop Dan Sorensen back into the cover two defense as the deep safety on one side, then I'm absolutely fine with that. Let Juan Thornhill patrol the perimeter and the deep. Let him do that on yeah. his own. That's fine. He can do that. But get pressure in Big Ben's face. Do yeah. it. Because he will get rid of that ball early. There will be ducks thrown up. There will be like some terrible balls gone up. Um, there will be opportunities for this defense and opportunities for this defense to get this really bad quarterback off the field and bring on bring on this really good one in Patrick Mahomes like the Steelers we've said it the Steelers would be do well to not put this ball this game in Big Ben's hands and try and trust their own game but even still the offensive line isn't particularly great either so yeah but this defense has no issue with this Steelers offense going going into Sunday seems like the run game in this game can be really, really important and impactful. Uh, and, and and the hope is they at least have some horses to be able to execute this. Yeah, the Steelers have given up more than 100 yards on the ground in nine of their last 10 games. They've given That's up it. more than 200 in three of their last five. I mean, they are getting just shredded on the ground. They've got a really good pass rush, and there are some name players on that defense but you can run at them and they are not physical in the middle of their defense outside of Hayward. This is a game where like if Daryl Williams is healthy, cause I'm not anticipating Clyde's going to play in this one. He had a, down again. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 it seems like it's going in the wrong direction for him. So I, I would expect he sits. If Daryl's able to play, I think Daryl could have a really, really significant game for them. I also think it was big for them to get Jarek McKinnon going again last week. I don't know how much they're going to utilize him in the running game, but just as a third down option, so Daryl doesn't have to put quite as many many snaps on his legs, especially coming back from the injury. I think that's significant for him as well. And you'll get your typical uh, Derek Gore one drive every half or something like that. But if they're able to get Daryl Williams going, I think he's a guy that could have more than 100 yards on the ground in this game. I think you give him around 20 touches. And he's the type of player that could have a Damian Williams type of impact that we've seen from him in the past in the postseason or a Spencer Ware. Hey, this is a nice game out of Ware early in the postseason. 
I, I think you're going to see some of that from the Chiefs against a Steelers defense that cannot stop the run at all. Yeah, I, I look at this, Serta and BK, and, and my feeling with the run game of importance is, to me, is is really – I think the run game and the importance of it is not really just to gain yards, but I think it's really – it's the counter to the only way, the only way that I can see the Chiefs' offense being ruined, and that is with T.J. Watt. It, 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 mostly him. Cam Hayward is pretty good up front too, but TJ Watt and that Hyde Smith fella, like the, those are the only way to me I can see this game becoming a real issue is if those guys are allowed to absolutely ruin the game the way like the Bucks did in the Super Bowl. Like that's the only way. And I think running the football at them timely and enough to hold them back a little bit to respect that is a way that can happen like to me the biggest thing in this game like you can't let Andrew Wiley have what happened to him in the Super Bowl like you can't just leave him by himself when he's out there being allowed to ruin the game for you with T.J. Watt so that like that's why I think the running game is important because of that yeah I I think that that could just play into everything too like in the first matchup, Patrick Mahomes just spread the ball around like crazy, and they did utilize multiple running backs, and they had a good rushing game against them. But, like, I think the Chiefs could rush with a ton of success in this game. And so there's no reason for them to push the envelope, like, with Patrick Mahomes, with the receivers, if Tyreek Hill's not 100%. Like, go ahead and settle in and, and just let your running backs do the work because the Steelers have been getting absolutely torched on the ground. So there's no reason to push it that much in this game. I, I, I do want to say, don't don't get out of being you though. Like don't like that. That's one point that makes me concerned and nervous a little bit. Is like if you come in with the thought process of man, we're gonna run this thing and run this thing and run this thing, and you don't you don't have a rhythm. Like there's there's one thing that I hate like in basketball when you watch a basketball game or something, and your best offensive player is a guard but a team has such a great advantage on the inside, even though that's not their best player, and they make it a point to go into the inside instead of doing what they've always done best. Like, run the ball, but don't get crazy with it. Like, don't turn yourself into the Browns. Don't turn yourself into the Ravens or the Titans where, like, man, they've sucked. We've watched them on film. They've been so bad. No, like, run the ball to make it easier for you to pass the ball. Like, run the ball – and in efforts to slow down Watt and Hayward and Highsmith and company, not run the ball because this is our game plan. But the game plan should be like, man, Patrick's throwing it 20 times a day because we're going to run it down their throats. No, do what you do, but just be smart with how you use the run game. I just I just hope it doesn't get away from them. As you talked about all those numbers, BK, with how, how bad they've been running the football, like still remember who your quarterback is and who your big players are. And don't, don't make that your identity steal. I'm not too concerned about Andy Reid going too far into the running Probably game. right on that. <laughs> I'm not too worried, especially in the playoffs. I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that too much. I think you'll see like 20 carries from the running backs. I think that's around what you should expect. Maybe you get up to 25 because they've got a lead late. But that's been around where they've been for the majority of the season. I think you get 115, 120 yards on the ground as a result of that. So 
I think that's what you're going to see. I don't think they're going to overdo it by any stretch. It's never been the MO for Andy Reid. But I do think they're going to use it as a way, like you said, to slow down that pass rush by uh, Pittsburgh. They are the top sack rate in the NFL this season. They can get after your quarterback if you're not careful. One of the things that I do think is uh, probably worth a mention here, Andy's been a lot better this year of giving his tackles help. If they gotcha. need it in certain situations, they're they're willing to give them help this year. They didn't do it. They refused to in the Super Bowl last year. And I think part of that is instead of having both guys out on the uh, on the outside, at least you've got Orlando Brown on one side that you feel pretty comfortable with. And then if you need to give help over there with Wiley, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean the run game is going to be a big thing. I think the final thing when the Chiefs have the ball before we get to when the Steelers do. Um, it's uh it's been a good year for Patrick Mahomes. Um, not a great year, as I've said, like you know, when I say a great year for him, for him and the and and what he has set forth on how good he he can be. This is this is one of it, this is probably a down year, you know, compared to the other years as a starter for him. Um but now that's closed. And now it's a new season, and this is the money season, and this is when uh, legends are made. This is when uh, legacies are built in the playoffs. I, I think, I think potentially the weight is off, the the interceptions and the silly turnovers and stuff is off. And I've talked about seeing this team flip the switch. I wonder if Patrick Mahomes is in a place now where he's like, whoo. I could take that deep breath. Now the games that I really give a damn about matter. And now it's time for me to rock and roll. That, that'll be interesting to see what what type of mindset is Patrick Mahomes in uh, as, as this playoff run starts. Yeah, I, I think the second half of the season, what we've seen is Mahomes has basically been himself. And it was a weird start. And ever since that Green Bay game where the Chiefs offense just looked broken, He's basically reverted back to being Patrick Mahomes once again. If you just look at the pace in his last eight, Ron, 17 touchdowns, three picks. He's only been sacked 11 times in those games. He's completing about 68% of his passes. And in a 16-game season, that would be a pace of 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's Patrick Mahomes. He's basically been the same dude. And I think what we're watching now is he's about to take his game to just another level. He's chasing ghosts. This is the LeBron conversation that we've had a million times, Ron, whether it be here or just uh, outside of doing this podcast. LeBron's not going up against his peers. LeBron's chasing Michael Jordan. And LeBron's chasing uh, the expectations that we set on him as an 18-year-old coming out of high school. That's now where we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. He's chasing the legacy of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. He's chasing Montana and Brady. And you don't do that in the regular season. It's not about MVPs. It's not about the numbers that you put up in the regular season. Those are cool. Those are fun. They're interesting to watch. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be judged at the end of the career based on how many rings he gets. For better, worse, or indifferent, that's how it goes with the quarterback position. And I think what we're about to see, you made this comp when we were talking before the show, and I think it's a really interesting one. I think he's about to wash away everything that took place in the regular season, and you're about to see the best possible version of Mahomes again because he knows this is where Ooh, he's really so. judged. You think so? You think? Yeah, I, I, I said. I remember when when Mike uh, when Mike Mustakis in that in that playoff run, and I know Serta, you won't know anything about this baseball. 
uh, with Mike Mustakis in that playoff run, uh, Ned Yost is talking about you can't you can't oh come on, don't look at me like that. You don't know anything about baseball. You know it. You you make it a, a hallmark of it. I covered the Royals for a few years. I worked at six ten. I had to go to Royals games. You worked I had to at work Royals games. Do you remember this what I'm talking about, Mike Mustakis? I remember anything after like twenty fourteen. You're lying. Mustakis, when Ned Yost said we're not we're not just find third baseman growing on trees, and he was hitting uh, under the Mendoza line, and then it, it's like it started over when he got into that postseason in in fourteen, and he didn't have to look up there on Crown Vision and see that awful uh, <laughs> average. <laughs> and I all started working at six ten. After that postseason run, good. I was there for all of 2015. So all that was that, before yeah. I gave a damn you about just said 14 a couple of seconds ago. But, I started in 14, but but, it was like but no, I, I like I don't obviously you know Mahomes isn't as bad as 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 Mustakis, who was almost about to find his ass in the league out of the league. But there is some sense of all right, man, we got this regular season out the way. However you put it, like you look at the numbers and everything. Right, this was Patrick Mahomes' worst uh, regular season. Like all of the other years that he's been a starter, he's either been an MVP or he has been flat out in the MVP conversation. This is the first year where his numbers are good, but he's not been in the MVP conversation. There's like several. There's a there's a running back that that many people would say has a better right. Jonathan Taylor is yeah. more talked about in the MVP. That that's. That's the worst. Now it's go time. Like, killer instinct. Kill Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I want to see that in careers. That's the kind of stuff that Brady and Jordan and Tiger get off on. I got, like, kill them. Kill his career and shake his hand with a smile on your face afterwards. Like, that's, that's what we're looking to see. And you mentioned the LeBron, you know, comp, which is, is a good one. He's chasing ghosts. I, sadly enough, uh, Russell Westbrook is chasing LeBron and tackling him as well as he's trying to get to <laughs> these ghosts with the way that Russell is playing, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see Mahomes and how he looks and, and if there's a different thing and a different switch in his game in this postseason. I, I, I'm amped to see. That's why I'm happy that the Chiefs are playing. Hell with that bye. I like a chance to see greatness for Patrick Mahomes and these boys can go and put a half a hundred easy on these dudes if they really come out and play and don't do stupid things. And I love seeing greatness, and I would love to see that in this game coming up. Yeah, I, I think you're about to see it. I, I don't know if it'll be on Sunday to the full degree, but I think this postseason you're going to see him take his game to another level. Yeah, no, I, I think T.J. Watt is probably the number one player to watch. Let me say something here and, and you could tell me if you agree with me or not. I think the only feasible scenario where the Steelers make this interesting is if TJ Watt is this game wrecker type of player. And then all of a sudden it's a low scoring game. I feel though, if as the chiefs are able to put up 21 points, they have a 21 point half, they get into the 30 range. Even if Watt is good in this game, which we expect him to do now that he's healthy, I feel like the Steelers are not getting the 30 points. Do you agree or disagree, and why? Um, I would agree that they likely would not get to 30 points, but I would also uh, 
have some concern as to whether that's the kind of game that is going to unfold mm. um, for us. If we right. get to 30 points, I agree, we'll win this game. But I kind of feel like that's going to be tough sledding for this team based on their defense, based on the attack that they have with T.J. Watt. Um, they, they're going to be a formidable opponent. And our Chiefs offense has to be ready to step up to the challenge. You can't think that just because we blew them out less than a month ago that there's going to be some repeating acts of sort. Uh, Mike Tomlin, I'm sure, has sent multiple videos and multiple angles to the NFL office about some of the penalties that were called, right. some of the missed calls in that game. So you can probably expect a little bit tighter game called from the officials, which works in their favor. Um, also, you got to be concerned about their big wide receivers. Ben's not going to throw the ball 50 yards down the field, but what is he going to do? Bubble screens, tunnel screens. Um, they're going to play the ball close to the line of scrimmage and try to see if their bigger receivers and running backs can catch the ball and get positive yardage after catching contact to extend right. the drives. So that plays into your mindset in regards to it not being a high scoring game. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't imagine that the Steelers would come in here and put up 30 plus points, but that could be a benefit for them as well. I want to ask you about the, the chiefs defense because I mean, you were you were there for this whole ride. It was it was pitiful at the beginning, and then it really reversed when the unit got healthy for that eight game winning streak and looked like one of the better defenses in the NFL. I feel like over the past two weeks, there's been a little bit of slip there. To be fair, and I think a lot has to do with explosive plays. What what are your eyes telling you about the the slip up of the defense a little bit lately? So, Pete, I'm always on the school of thought, and I think you can go back and film and you can watch this Chiefs team and probably most other teams that play in weather that is somewhat warm in September and October to mm -hmm. gets drastically cold in December. And you've heard me say it. There are business decisions that are made late <laughs> in the season. Mm -hmm. And it usually comes down to the physicality of the game. How, you, how your technique is tackling, it goes away. You see guys that form tackle and scoop and – and put down into the ground, they go and they revert to cut block tackling. And they don't want to wrap their arms because it's cold. Uh, right. They wear sleeves versus when they wore short sleeves. Um, the physicality of the game changes late in the season. Now, how that plays in regards to the, the big plays and the chunk plays recently is that I've seen our corners not be as physical downfield squeezing receivers to the sideline, making the throws uh, be more difficult for quarterbacks to, to complete down the sideline, and then us playing closer to the line of scrimmage as a defense. We've been very aggressive, and I like the fact that we have an identity of being aggressive. And we're if we're going to make a mistake, we're going to make a mistake with our foot on the gas pedal versus riding the brake. I like that. But there are times – where that can hurt us. And it did against Cincinnati. There were a couple of plays missed against uh, the Broncos that could have really changed the, the trajectory of that game. And we have to get back to that balance. But I, but you talk about that eight-game win streak and where our defense went, I'm going to put some of the onus on Melvin Ingram. Like, to me, and you've seen on me on Twitter, I've right. mentioned it. To me, he's the defensive MVP of this team. Yeah. And um, 
this defense had drastically changed since he came aboard. Well, Dan, and your former Iowa player, you played for the Chiefs 93 to 98. You only played for the Chiefs, but just from talking with other players and those experiences in the NFL, what do you think is going to be going through Melvin Ingram's mind considering he gets a, a chance to play the team he spent the beginning of the season with, not only what he did in week 16 in the regular season, but with a chance to knock them out of the postseason? What kind of emotions do you think will go into that? So it's interesting because when you talk to Melvin Ingram or you hear him talk, he acts like everything is just easy going. <laughs> he just He's a yeah. football player. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. But I know that <laughs> I, I got a chance to play for the Saints for the preseason okay. my last year, and we scrimmaged against the Chiefs in River Falls. And that was like a Super Bowl to me, and it was only a scrimmage. Right. So I can imagine a playoff game playing against the former team that didn't have as much um, value, didn't have as much um, confidence that you could help them, that they actually traded you and traded you to a team that they could face in the playoffs and had and would have been facing already on the schedule the day after Christmas. Right. So all of those things – get wound up into you. And I don't care how even keeled you are when you're sitting in your locker and there's 10 minutes to kick off and all the game plan has been laid out and you're just in your quiet place, getting in your zone, ready for this game. You can't help, but for those thoughts to come through your head, you're human and you feel like somebody slighted you. And I can imagine that Melvin Ingram is going to go out there and show them what they missed about, having him on their roster. 